0: welcome to the rugby bits podcast we have just gone through the most stressful <laughs> semi-final week ever for a springbok fans and we have finally got the dream final matchup 28 years in the in the making south africa facing new zealand in a rematch of the 1995 rugby world cup all the way in the big dance for uh, the the race to the fourth title is now on the line so, south africa beat england 16 points to 15 and new zealand won there. Um, to semifinal semi-final against Argentina, 44 points to six. And I've got Cooks and Sean we are going to review this yeah, epic weekend of, of semi-final action. Sean, yeah, I think the first question to ask is, knowing South Africa just came back nine points down to win the game on Saturday, is how the nerves doing?
1: Oh, hi. Um, Yeah, I'm a wreck, eh? <coughs> I, I, don't, I try to explain this to Cooks off-air, and I, I don't know how to explain it. I woke up on Sunday morning thinking and knowing that we were out of the World Cup. Like that's how deep I got into that game and how we were playing. There was no ways we were coming back. And that's the end of our run. And I woke up on Sunday morning with that dreaded feeling inside, like we're at the World Cup. We played shit. Um, we lost to England. England played well and we're out the World Cup. But then knowing that we're playing in the World Cup final, it has been it's been a roller coaster of emotions. I don't know how to fix how to fix the wrong side of my brain, but I'm yeah, your sure, hectic. <laughs> Cooks,
0: yeah. I think Saturday night, I, I I don't know how much like stress pills and calming green teas. Like if you were selling that after Saturday evening, you must have made a killing um in South Africa.
2: No, we need to actually add the box into our medical aid now, as in like as in causes for us to <laughs> <laughs> the doctor, like, they're gonna pay. Like it's gonna come at the, the SA rugby fund. Because I mean, Jeep is like that's like the France one was a different kind of stress. Because like it was a massive game and yes. it was a few tries. We had like, we were, like was saying like off air, like France we had weird opportunities, we were scoring tries. But Saturday that stress was like, where on earth are we gonna find a way to win this? Because it's just like we weren't, we weren't, we didn't play well. Um, England, 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 was incredible, and it didn't look like a game. Especially once it went like back to nine. Back to, back to about nine points, you're like, oh, geez, like where on earth are we going to find like a try here? Never mind, <laughs> never mind three, four penalties. But, um, you know, flip, I on Saturday, I think Saturday night after the game, um, you know, I, I definitely had my fair share of cold ones, but it was more like out of like stress relief. like Panic. Like how panic. the hell did we get through <laughs> that? Panic. Bro. And then I, And then on Sunday <laughs> I woke up and then I was like, in a, in like, now I'm ready to celebrate us getting the World Cup semi-final. Because like, Saturday night, I wasn't celebrating. I was like, just stressed. And then I we'll was my message. I asked her, like in, like, in the middle of the morning. I'm like, what do you want to do today? She's like, I oh, don't mind chilling. I'm like, I just want to go out and drink because we're in the final. Like, she's like, what about last night? I'm like, no, last night was the celebration. I was relieved because we got through the game. But now I want to celebrate now. I want to acknowledge the fact that we're in the final by celebrating. And then um, eventually, I eventually made my way home. Like a very tired man at about 9 p.m. after lunch with mates it just went on and on and on and on and then yeah so I've got my my hangover was meant to come in yesterday because it kicked in today so it was a very slow day today for me
0: (laughs) no I think it was Uh, a slow day for most people in the country and yeah we've the Springboks have earned the right to have at least one more weekend to stress their fans uh, next Saturday I was yeah I was pretty happy that I was like okay I mean I guess I can watch the Springboks stress-free on the third place playoff and just you know wave goodbye to Dwayne for Mullen and, and and the boys on Saturday or on Friday evening, but let's get into the game. Um, yeah, I think maybe the yeah the best place to start I think is to give I think England a ton of credit because they really made a game that was, I mean, pre match I think some some oh, I, I even believe that the game wouldn't be too competitive or at least may, maybe maybe would be competitive for a little bit and then the Springboks would run away with it. Um, England have sort of upturned the form that they had. You know, in losing to Fiji, they were the unbeaten team coming out of Pool B. They, as Cooks predicted, as as we all know, that they came all the way to the semi final. And Sean, let's talk about the plan that, Stuart, that Steve Borthwick had. Like it was, it was a great plan It was executed to perfection. But yeah, how did they put the pressure back on the Springboks in that first half?
1: The key for me were the changes. Um, he made in the starting lineup ahead of the game but the big thing with making changes is um the springboks do it really well is making sure that those changes like they execute their plan really well um and england did that joe marler dan cole um starting they've been benched forever um we all know that um that that genge and sinclair normally start um But the plan was there, and as mentioned last week, was that looked like that England wanted to speed things up in the second half. Um, But yeah, that plan of bringing um, Marlon Cole on was outstanding. They showed up at at scrum time. Uh, George Martin was outstanding. Um, I've noticed him and I like him, and I, I I can see why he's coming off the bench. I didn't see him as a starter, but the plan that he had and what he did was was incredible. Courtney Laws was. Brilliant. And just on that, Courtney Laws announced his, uh, his retirement. Um, so we won't be seeing him in an England jersey anymore. But I'll tell you something, that man is, is a machine. So something else very interesting on Twitter is that he has never been carded for a high tackle in his life. Um, so, or, or in his professional career or something like that. That's pretty impressive no. for a big guy, especially someone that hits that hard. But yeah, to answer your sure, question... Really? That's amazing. Yeah, I, I saw I saw it on Twitter um and it came from from one of the pundits or something like that. I don't know who, so I apologize, but I'll I'll find it. But yeah, I, I don't think he's ever been carded for for a high tackle. So that's quite quite amazing. But yeah, now to answer your question is is they the the pack did what the pack needed to do and own Farrell did so n- not just Farrell but Mitchell. Mitchell was brilliant. Um again coming off a bad game, um coming off like, I mean, someone who wasn't in the England squad um, to start off has come into the squad and become first choice. So his role and Owen Farrell, Own Farrell was outstanding and a little bit of gloating here, but to all of you that think he is shit, you can go jump because you might not like him and that's okay, but he's not a shit rugby player and he's flipping outstanding. So... England had a plan and they executed it well. I think the weather helped them and their plan a little bit and South Africa's um, poor execution. And all of that just started building, was building them up more and more. They got confidence. And as I said, like they've got too many good individuals to be shit for long. And we were their World Cup final. Um, and they delivered. And it was outstanding.
0: Yeah, I think... It's 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 important to see like that or it's important to 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 note what what Sean just said as well about like not only selecting the right players but those players executing the the plan as well. And you could see from the first minute that England had a very specific plan that they had to try and accentuate their strengths and limit their weaknesses and also to target some of the springbok weaknesses as well. Like in the way they carried the ball, they never did any risky carries. None of their carries I would love to see the stats, but I'm sure most of their racks were within 10 to fifty meters or probably 5 to 10 meters from the previous rack. And they'd never tried to... The, the ball carry would never get isolated from the supporters. So there's always people ready to clean out anyone that was trying to, you know, turn over the ball. The Dwayne Femulans, the Quagga Smiths, they never had too many chances to, to get turnover ball. And then the kicking my goodness, the Mitchell Farrell masterclass on kicking was amazing and they deserve a lot of credit for that. And I think their rolling wall was also, their rolling wall defense, I should say, was also fantastic. They put a lot sure. of pressure in the South African line line-out.
1: They um, got into us every had... time.
0: Mm. And I think what was good about, or the reason why, was Itojo was fantastic in sacking the line-out or sacking the jumper and then getting himself in the middle of you know the, the 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 mall i you know i, I arguably you can say he was swimming up the side once or twice but he did it in such a way that it didn't look obviously uh you know uh, like it wasn't obvious infringement if i can put it like that he did it in such a in, in, in a good way of putting himself in the middle so that he can sort of get to the the ball carrier so the mall was pretty much nullified and I think that's the good adjustment that the Springboks did later in having a, a move off the 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 a dummy mall in order to to get the, to set up the try for Achilles Neymar. And yeah, I think especially, I mean, great performance from the whole of Eng, uh, from the whole England uh, starting team, especially especially um, the 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 two um, props, the the experienced props that came in in the first off. But numbers four to ten in the England team were elite; they were fantastic. And they're usually the ones that catch a lot of flack from England fans, but they were fantastic in that game. Cooks, I'm sure, as a as a as I think the the chief um, or the chairman of the Owen Farrell fan club in South Africa, I'm sure you were super happy with that performance. And that moment when Farrell slotted that drop goal and he had that that look in his face, oh, man. I, I, <laughs> I think that was the moment I was like, okay, I think this is yeah. this is it for the box.
2: Yep. Yeah. Flip it. Because when that drop goal happened, I thought, well, we, England was sort of starting to make a few mistakes. That they kicked, that um, gone out on the kicked on the full, in one of the kicks. At, mm. And then Jamie George obviously threw the ball to the moon for no reason. And then, um, and then like, <laughs> and then I thought like, oh, flip England sort of falling away. The boss would get in, and then, then we, we got the penalty back. I think you make it nine six, and then Flip Farrells went to make it twelve, twelve six. I think I thought, okay, six point game sort of crawling away back in here and then Farrell started that drop goal and I was like, yo, that, that could be the dagger. But I thought he was fantastic. I think he sort of, the way he managed that game um, and just sort of, just showed why he's such an incredible rugby player and and why he's had a long career, successful career with England and of his Saracens. I mean, he, I, th- I thought he kicked fantastic with the boot, with the um, boot, uh, for time, I mean, for goal, for, for touch, even in his in his box kick was amazing. But him and and the other, my other fan, my my other fan boy, Freddie Stewart. I thought he was the absolute bomb diffuser. I thought he was mm. oh, geez, I thought, Freddie, I thought Freddie Stewart was good, was very good as well. I thought Daly was good as well, very underrated performance in terms of just a, not a Daly type, because Daly's obviously big in the attack with ball in hand, massive boot, But I thought Daly's kick chase was absolutely fantastic all day long. They just kept putting, they just kept putting our our wings under so much pressure. And even when we did actually end up catching the ball, I thought England was so good and be able to adjust of knowing when to contest, sort of, or oh, come down, wait for the guy to come down and just flood the breakdown. So it was it was such a great performance for them. But I thought that they did make a few errors in terms of I think what the primos have done very well against France and against England is when teams have had a sustained period of dominance, especially in that second half, the box don't give away the try that sort of kills the game. They sort of manage to keep themselves at arm's length, at arm's length, at arm's length. At arm's length. Like, against France, kept them at four points, kept them at four points, and you're thinking, oh, geez, where are we going to find a try? Where are we going to find a tr And with England, like, those there's, there's times there when we had a, they had a line, I think the damage was through skew. Like, if they score, they'll make it 18-6, and it, it, it pretty much becomes, now you're going to try to find two tries. It becomes, the game The game is over. And I thought they had one or two chances of their miss, but the box, I think, they 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 do very well. The last, they do, the last, the last two weeks have been very good in making sure they keep themselves in the fight, even if it's, at arm's length, even if like it it doesn't look like it, but they just managed to keep it themselves in the fight to, to be able to put something or to find a try somewhere, but I thought England, I, I saw Jamie Marlowe tweeted like we, like we blew it, and I was like, they definitely didn't blow it. It's That's as as well as they could have played, and it's one of those things sometimes, you just get beaten by a better a bit side, and, and I also thought they did so well to bring the Springboks to the gutters, <laughs> as we like to say, like, they brought the Springboks down to their level, and and the, and the accuracies they made. They never actually allowed the springboks to get into the game and sort of gain any momentum. And it felt like... And, 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 and they got to a level where England was like, okay, cool. We come down to a level, this is where we can thrive. But yeah, I think it was... Uh, I mean, I'm sure England is probably hurting, but that was... I thought that was, that was such a great performance from them.
0: Yeah, I think that was just an elite performance from England. And well done on Steve Borthwick for just a great game plan. Like, they... I, re- I think they played the conditions perfectly. They played the opposition and some of maybe our frailties in the air. We saw the All Blacks um, focused on that in that um, Test match in New Zealand earlier this year. That, in if if you kick, if you're the front foot team kick, if you're kicking on the front foot against the Springboks, you can you know target the Springbok back three a little bit and put them under under some pressure. And they did that. And you know they so they cut off the supply and the lineouts. They didn't really give. Any, any go forward ball there, and George Martin. I think just to say a word about him, but his some of his hits were just absolutely bone shattering. Like he really stopped momentum of some of the big Springbok ball carriers. Like yeah, I think there was a lot of great performances from the England fifteen, and if the game, certainly if the game, ended, if the game don't have any reserves, I think England would have won that game quite, quite easily actually. But looking at the Springboks, uh, Sean. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's a few possible issues or errors or whatever. I don't know if it was maybe a slight overconfidence, perhaps some of the distractions from the week from uh, Mr. Johanna Rasmus and his Twitter account maybe was a factor. Maybe it was selection and maybe we picked a a dry game for a wet game. Maybe South Africa thought Marcus Smith was at fullback and not Freddie Stewart. But yeah, there was a lot of, the, the first off, or maybe the team was tied from the quarterfinal, but yeah, the first
1: off definitely wasn't to our expectations. No. Um, but if you have a look at those early subs, they were all the big boys against France, all the guys that performed well. So I'm leaning more to um, a flatness as opposed to anything else. I think the guys were flat a bit down. And as Nick Mallet mentioned a lot, he's trying to get yourself on that 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 plateau again emotionally um, after that French game would have been a bit hard. So, yeah, that was that was the thing for me. The other thing that I I do want to say, and I mean, remember when Umbanambi was pulled off early, what's the twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen, and um, everyone shit the bed about it, and the coaches came back and were just like a plan if a player is not on he's not on etc etc and that happened this weekend and we pulled a lot of players early not just manny we pulled a lot of players early but there was clear that we had a plan and it wasn't being executed for whatever reason whether it was the weather whether it was for um not having marcus smith at the back um for us to target or or what it was it wasn't being executed and there's one thing you want from your bench every single time, and that's to up the tempo. And that's kind of been our bread and butter forever. Um, the bench comes on and they change the game. And I've never seen it change as much as it did this week. It took everyone a while to make it change, but the the guys around them were... The it, the, the guys that came on were contagious. It, it affected everyone around them, and it was key. Um, just a quick one I saw uh, someone say that um like that's many many springbok career done and whatever which I thought was an absolute career l- yeah like Jeez. his whole career like is gonna be that that's it now it's gonna kill him emotionally, but the the team have lost faith in him and I thought that was the worst worst take uh, i don't agree with that at all, and the one thing that we've been saying along the whole way was how like the team are together as one like they trust each other there's no enemies in that team or anything like that um so yeah I think it's good I wouldn't be surprised if we see Manny start this weekend though I have a sneaky feeling that we might we might start him um but again the weather looks like it's gonna be wet so maybe not the other great and hilarious tweets I saw and I apologize for not remembering who's sending it but the one was <laughs> after the Springboks brought Pollard on anyone that made a mistake was subbed <laughs> <laughs> so after that, that Reinhardt, mistake off <laughs> So yeah. yeah. Williams a
2: mistake like, come I, was like, oh. I was like what is going on here <laughs> even, even Eamon yeah. felt the brunt of it I was like
0: Yo. Dwayne dropped that
1: high ball off gone <laughs> you can see like, the guys as they do it I can just see them deep down going oh shit I'm off now might as well just start running
0: it felt like the purge like there was just like the 5-10 minute period in the second because look when the second half started I was like okay the box are gonna sort of wake up it's 12-6 they're gonna get into basics put themselves in the England territory like play their normal game and f them up physically type of thing and then the second half started and it's just like oh no these guys (laughs) we still have that fraud box or like Second-hand box that we that we got in the first off in the, uh, in the, on the field, and then yeah, that's when the sub started raining in, and then I think our subs bench was emptied by the fiftieth minute or something crazy like that.
1: Sure, that was about fifty, yeah. I mean, we used to I it, think but so, yeah. I think it was more because it started so early that we got so um, that was so weird. But every single time I looked up, there someone was being taken off. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't think England can made I, a sub by the time we finished subbing off all our players. That's a
1: great shot. They, they had a blood sub, but they might not have. Listen, one thing I do want to talk about, and I'm just scared I'm going to forget about it, but can we please see more of and talk about that line move where Kurt Lee Aronson came through the guts of the line mm. Your, mm. Yo. I was I thinking, I saw that and I was like, that is beautiful. And then when it didn't work, I was like, that's the game. Yeah,
0: it was great by Mitchell. I think he tapped, tapped, ankle-tapped KLA, and then Laws ran like a madman to be the first one at that rack, and then he turned the ball over. Like, it just felt like England was winning all of those little, like, 50-50 situations. So that was, yeah, it just felt like the game was sort of going a particular way. But yeah, Cooks, I think Sean obviously just started talking about the bench, and I think we saw how... Yeah, I said, I think I tweeted on Sunday that uh, Rassi seems like, uh, has like that Alex Ferguson like level of being able to know when to put, in a, put on a sub, who to put on, and they make an instant impact and they win games in Fergie time or Rassi time, whatever you want to call it. Like, it seemed like every time a sub went on, they made like an instant impact in the game. Be it Ox winning, obviously the scrum penalties or Pollard just getting, and five getting control in the kicking game or Sneiman, I think, two seconds after he came on, he had a big carry in the middle and he um, offloaded to Koch and he and and he went up the middle. Like everyone that came on had like an instant impact. And I mean, it was, I was concerned though, because it seemed like our team was a bit less experienced than like last week. In the France game, we still had Eben on the field, like near the end and Bogen and stuff. But this team was like a little bit light on experience. So it was a bit scary on that sense, like especially up front. but. They really, all of them stood up, and all of them made a big impact in the second half.
2: I think, um, Tala. I think, especially the way we were chasing the game. I think at the end, there, I think sort of it it, it, it. it probably feels a little bit easier to gamble on the the less experienced players because you you know what you're doing. You, you you're chasing the game. You're trying to to make sure. Trying to up the tempo. Trying to find a way to get points. Where I think if the roles were reversed, you you'd have probably seen the the senior guys in a bit longer. Obviously the Closing the game out, I always feels harder to close a game out than sort of than actually chase a game. Like when you when you're behind the eight points trying to get back behind, you can sort of take more risk. But when you're closing a game out, it does become difficult, and you need the the more difficult, and you need the experienced guys to sort of show calm heads and make the right decisions. But yeah, it was crazy how like tell it, like the, the subs came on at the right time, and each, each each person made made the impact. And I think what is it's something it's well documented with the Springboks about about our battle stats and how they how they make their subs, and and you could tell like. It was one of those games where there's like there's no time to take risks. Um, I think obviously when you when, when you saw it like, Eben coming off and like Dwayne coming off and it's like if the guys to the races, the coaches had no time to give you ten minutes in the second half to sort of see if you can figure it out. They're like, no, but off. Sorry, you know today is not your day. You know you're not at it. And we this is a World Cup semi final. We can't actually be gambling and hoping that okay you're gonna come back in, this, in the 70th minute. But especially the how the game was going the way and our well England was going. So. I thought those changes as hard and and hectic as it looked. A lot of them were in the box, so they can be blunt like that. Like you know, I mean, remember when Dwayne came back last year in Ellis Park, and it was his first test back in a while. He went he went in the 30th minute. Like thanks, but like we're not gonna wait for you to we like in the middle of a humding in altitude, so you need to come off. You're just not there yet, and I think that's what the box do. And like and, and it's not it doesn't it's not a career ender. Like I thought, because I don't think Marnie did a lot that much wrong, but but I also felt like in those conditions there, it's raining. It's they put, the coach is going. Listen, we get the most experienced here, This is the type of gaming we, we're going to be at, so we let's rather put Pollard on, who sort of plays that sort of style. That's he's he's better in those conditions, so let's rather get him on and. um and it doesn't mean like I'm I'm the I'm the same camp as Sean. I think Monique there's a good chance he'll probably start again on Saturday because I think Henry Pollard is a fantastic insurance option of knowing if whatever happens, whatever sort of game it is, whether you need Henry to come in and close the game, I love France, whether you need Henry to like yesterday, listen, this is a a, a slog fest today. You are I'm not saying Monique can't play like that, I'm saying Pollard is a better five in those conditions. So I thought the bench was fantastic. And can international teams please like I always look at our teams like opposition, guys. If and Chair is coming on, your reserve prop must come on immediately. Like they must come on together.
1: Like <laughs> the moment you see Ox takes off, you must you know, put both but, of your props together up against Ox yeah. at one time. The
2: moment you see Ox taking off, you must tell your, your your reserve prop actually shouldn't even come to the halftime team chat. You must start. You must start getting ready with the, with the physio and the, the strength coach outside in 15 minutes. Like the moment Ox takes off his, his tracksuit, you are you you you're going in with them. Like. Because I mean, I thought Ox was absolutely fantastic. He was my man. He, he was my man in the match. But I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll get into that. But we'll, we'll get into all that. But yeah, I, th- I think our subs are fantastic. I think they definitely won us the game. And it's it's crazy how our subs, how the impact they have, and how they they they, they, they can uh, the impact and they can they can singly handedly change games. They can single handedly change games because we saw this from 2019. Is those guys are good enough to start for the spring Box, but they actually take. They play such a massive role as you got two basically starting two high quality starting packs on the on the field, so you you ne- there's no respite. And I thought our bench, it it showed the value of our bench and it showed how good they are. I mean, Ocknchee, that guy needs a, a, a statue. I, that's, that's the only I think tweet I had about the game. on said I didn't tweet in the game. I just said in mid mid tenth eleventh and I was like, give 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 ox a statue. And- <laughs>
0: And cake. No, I guess we've we've um pushed it out long enough. I mean, let's start gushing over ox and chair. Like yeah. I mean, if there isn't a, like I think Woolies now has given him a year's supply of cake. I'm expecting an ox chuckles range to be in the stores <laughs> in the next week or so. I mean, there's chuckles for everything, so I'm sure that there will be like I don't know ox tail chuckles or whatever you
2: it's want to call be, tell it. Tell us, there's um, gonna be an ox, ox scrumming machine brand now being made. Like, if you want to scrum, like, oh, <laughs> why the scrum machine? From from, like, it's, it's gonna happen. Like, it, it, that's why I'm, ox, I'm cashing <laughs> in right now after the workouts. All I'm doing.
0: Yeah, look, I mean, uh, ox's agent also the sharks need to pay him good, good money if they want to keep him because. I think he's now the best lucid head scrummager in the world at the moment. Like, he's, I, 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 don't, yeah, I, I don't know if people remember the 2007 um, quarterfinal um, between England and Australia when Andrew Sheridan tore apart the Australian scrum. And Andrew Sheridan was, I think, he almost, that, that almost built his reputation as a scrummager. Like, this should be the game for Ox as well, that it builds his reputation. And French clubs obviously love a good scrummager. And I'm sure they will start <clears throat> being able to pronounce to also get Ox um in, into there as well. Like, yeah, we if we need to name the free state after him, like that's also fine by me. Like he was absolutely fantastic in that game. I was, it, it shocked me that he didn't win man of the match, but yeah, we can also talk about, you know, how Pollard impacted the game uh sean yeah i don't know if you want to also go on about ox or want to talk about other good uh, other great players that made an impact in the game
1: there were only two great players that made an impact there was ox and farrell that i that i thought um ox was outstanding like <laughs> it was it was insane so that first scrum when so cooks you can and tell you actually both can probably help me here. so the first scrum when when he when he sets and, and he loads, I almost feel like he's he's like a spring, like he's a little bit compressed. I was like, Whoa, this doesn't look like a good setup. Then then the, the the um sort of impact happens and then the scrum starts and then he just kind of elongates himself and push starts pushing out. It was crazy. I was oh man, he's he was incredible. He was loving it as well. Like he just went around about his business. Um reminds me of uh of of that story it was it '95? I can't remember which which prop it was, but he's like when they were doing fitness, and he just said, "I'm not here to run, I'm here to scrum." So that's it. That's the ox. Um, he was incredible.
0: Carl Sinclair must absolutely hate the sight of oxen chair. Absolutely <laughs> hate the sight of him.
2: Do you, know, do you know do you know why I hate him, Tyler? Do you know why I hate him? Because for four oh, years oh. we've been hearing, "Hey guys, if only we Carl Sinclair, we didn't lose him." in The next in the first three minutes we could have won the world cup final ox <laughs> was like you know what now look look at your boy look, look at your boy <laughs> this is what happened to me four years before all this channel about carl Sinkler, we hear it now because he absolutely oh man he put him to the absolute ring and this was one of those things where there was a scrum in the 22 in england which i think curtley had uh, had knocked it on and then england had a massive scrum there that switched the game and then in a massive scrum you think, thinking oh geez england yeah, this could be the first time to sort of launch from here and sort of try E to E got a penalty and then Ox won us the penalty. Uh, for me, that was a bigger one than the, than the match won because if England scored there in 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 the 22, it's it's game over. So the, that's why for me Ox was was man of the match and also he was just changed the game massively um, and pretty much ruined um, Matt Williams's life now. Matt Williams doesn't want any more scrum penalties now just because of Ox. <laughs>
1: <laughs> on on Sinclair. Um, to me I saw someone actually tweet about him and Genge um, since they've joined the Bears but his scrummaging seems to have like dropped off a little bit he was a lot better and fair enough he wasn't against Ox last time but he wasn't against our shit I mean we didn't have shit props in 2019 either but has his scrummaging got worse or do we just have his number
0: I don't know I mean look I think uh, probably out of us three, maybe Cooks knows the most about scrums. I don't know. But um I just think it's a bad matchup for him. I mean I mean Sink is not even the tallest tight head. I mean Ox's whole thing is that he's much shorter than, you know, most other props. So that's why he gets under like someone like Furlong, who looks a lot worse with him than he does with other props. But it just seems like, yeah, I don't know, maybe Kyle just hasn't really it seems like Carl Sinclair sort of focused more on the ball carrying stuff than the scrumming stuff. Genge has sort of kind of maintained his level as a scrummager, but yeah, Sinclair has definitely fallen off. Which is why England started with Dan Cole's. I mean, Dan Cole um, at thirty-seven years old, and yeah, that's but can they do that in international
1: re- rugby? Have two front rows, one named Dan Cole and another one Dan Coles. I mean. <laughs> what
0: the fuck? And they're, like, opposite, like, um, personalities of each other as well. Like, the biggest <laughs> grab in the world and, like, the most wholesome man who does the Stone Cold Dan thing as well. Like, that was,
2: yeah, that's ridiculous. Cooks? I must say, I, I, I love every time um, Dan Cole plays rugby. Every time I look, I'm like, is this guy still playing international rugby? And I'm like, because... <laughs> <laughs> so like it 2019. He like He's, he like, off his feet. And I'm like, because obviously in 2019, poor guy had to play, had put in a massive shift and had to basically so deal with, kitsy and beast one man for but 75 minutes which I don't envy for anyone and then but I thought you, know, you said Tali scrum very well and it's one of those things I think with Kyle Sinclair it's if you have any sort of uh, faults in your in your scrum game if you're tight the last person you want to go up against at the moment is Oxen chair because you'll find that weakness and you'll exploit it and I think and also mm-hmm. Oxen is, is in such incredible scrumming form at the moment he's been absolutely unbelievable and I, and I think with Kyle Sinclair is it, it is it is a bad matchup, and I think whatever whatever faults he has, I think things he can get away with against most props. Um, Ox just exposed it, and, and it just kept putting him under so much pressure. Hence that last penalty where he dropped his knee, So sort of try to give himself a little bit more leverage. Because I mean, the work that Ox was was the, the, the that Ox was doing was absolutely incredible, and it it, it was tough for Carl, Carl Sinclair. You you almost needed. They, they almost into two Dan Coles, pretty much. Two props was going to be, mm. like, we can just sort of, we're not going to carry you, we just need you to actually just sit here and scrum And I think with Oxy, especially the way he's playing now, your best bet, I think that's what the All, the All Blacks are probably stressed about at the moment is, do we have, I think when Lomax goes over, like, do we have another tight head that can, that can, could just at least hold their own? We, we don't need, you don't need him to win scrum penalties. we just need him to hold his own, especially All Blacks. They'll look to get the ball they'll look to get the ball quite quickly. So all they're asking from the tight end, the reserve tight, like, oh man, we just need you to hold, just hold your own here. Yeah. And it'll be interesting what the all blacks do. Like, what if the all blacks, even they switch it up and go, like, listen, Lomax is a better scrum at tidied. Maybe we might throw Lomax on the bench. Just because that's how much, that's how much of a flop and scare factor uh, uh, Ox is. Like him and Kwaka, I do feel like you actually have to, it changes the way you structure your bench because you have to find ways to nullify those guys england tried it and unfortunately just constantly just got folded
1: a lot
0: you know yeah i think it's oh, it's yeah uh, uh, there's almost he's almost become the most important player for the Springboks box in, in some ways like you have to game plan for him and yeah i'm very interested to see what new zealand does um about that reserve tight head spot because yeah, I think you have to go for your strongest scrummager and just try to survive the ox chair examination. Sean, sure, let's start giving a bit of more praise to other players and, and, and share the love around. I mean, yeah, I guess pretty much everyone from that bench could probably get some loving as well. But I want to start with Mogi Bonambi, who played 80 minutes. Um, yeah, we'll get into the alleged incident a bit later. But played 80 minutes. Um, it seemed like he had to strap up his die um yes. like triple so that. at the end yeah look he has to play close to 80 minutes next Saturday um, this week Saturday as well so like we've obviously we've made our bid with regards to having no real hooker um depth but look he, he he adjusted well to the whole throwing like to to his throwing like there was a few calls that were made against him about skew throws and everything at the start and I think he had a good game in general as well. And I mean, we know now, especially with, you know, our lack of depth at hooker, like he has to pretty much go and finish these games. And, you know, I think he's also a big important part in ensuring that our pro- our scrum stays strong in the 80 minutes, that he's the one scrumming at hooker instead of Dion Farid. Like he's, he's played really well. But Sean, any other players you want to point out for praise?
1: Yeah, so I definitely want to echo what you're saying about Bongi Manambi. He was outstanding, and he is so important to our end goal. Um, so, yeah, that leg strapping situation freaked the hell out of me. Um, Franco Morstet was a machine. Um, you can you can see by his tackle numbers, but it was just so much of, of the other work that he did. So Franco Morstet was big for me. Um, uh, Vincent Koch was outstanding. Echisneimon and Quasha Smith—they, those guys were 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 the standout players. And Andre Pollard, I I didn't mention him earlier, but I I think he's got so much so much out of this game. And and by no means I don't by any means think that he didn't have a good game. I thought he was he was excellent. But I, you're right, our entire bench. But I thought Vincent Koch was was good. He was really good, actually. So yeah, we got a lot of guys, but so um, so Sos should get a should get a couple more uh, a couple more minutes break before training this week in each in each session.
2: Yeah, sure. And that was the, the, that was going to be my probably the third best player in the field. I mean, Ox was probably the best when he came on, and obviously Pollard was absolutely fantastic again and and, and clutched the boot. But I think if you look at it, for eighty minutes, probably most was the best player on the pitch. I thought he was fantastic again. I think. Since he's moved back to lock, he's been beating the best sauce we've seen. And that's and and that summed him up again. Um, I thought he was absolutely fantastic. I thought I remember Jared always mentions that um Peter Steph toy always gets better on the second watch. And I rewatched it again, just absolutely and a different type of Peter Steff to just the one that sort of goes under the radar, just making hits, tackling, just working nonstop, and like seeing Peter Steff play being at his best is like we 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 know you won World Play of the Year like um, in 2019, but every time he's at his best, you can see he's one of the best players in the world, and he's not just like a. And it's it deserves a lot more praise and mention because, man, I, I love Peter Setutuia, and even Arkin's oh, now one of the bench. I don't think he's had a bad game <laughs> this year since he's gone back from the box. He's been he's just been absolutely fantastic, and that finish that he scored is such an narrated finish because, and he's one of the few guys that can actually pull this off, like. We know how amazing his ability to offload, but the way he was able to regulate himself free, just find a way to sort of almost score behind his back. Incredible finish. I thought Dion was also very good. Dion Faria, I thought he was an absolute pest.
1: Yes, and just, he injected yeah, it, eh?
2: And he, and he brought this incredible energy. And, and like, it's one of those things, like, I know that the, the Springboks took a massive gamble, you know, obviously you know, bringing in an out-and-out hooker. And, and I think, Sean, we, uh, we spoke about it saying, if there's any player to accept that challenge of moving from back from back fr- from flank back to hooker or I don't know if he was flank but anyone to accept the challenge is Dion Fury because he doesn't do anything with like half-heartedly because he knows like he he's, de- he's playing like someone who's like can't believe that he's at a World Cup cannot believe that when he got back from France this is where he'd be and he's taking that, that opportunity with open arms and he's been fantastic so good since since uh, since Marx went down but um, yeah, I just thought uh, to the, the, uh, to highlight those guys. I thought they were fantastic. I mean, the back shame. I think Colby and Kirtley were as good as under the high ball as you can be under that much pressure. But Colby had some ridiculous takes, like just and 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 that's and under that much pressure. So um, yeah, it was. Jesus was. Uh, whew, guys, I'm still and I'm not okay now. 40 minutes in this pod, I'm, I'm my, my anxiety is actually coming back now from Saturday.
0: <laughs> 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 yeah, no. I mean, I think Cooks. You also mentioned earlier. I think the place where England lost the game was that um, five-meter scrum. I think it was Aron said that knocked the ball on after Farrell's ridiculous grubber, um, and that, that was, was early,
1: the game. That the one it was that the one that was quite early in the game.
0: It was like I think fifty-ish minutes in the second. Oh
1: half. no, I'm sorry, I was confused. Oh, well, I think um you talking about
0: when Willemser threw that pass, right? I'm not sure, oh, but yeah, obviously, cool. yeah. But I think it was one where um I think we they did an up and under. England got the ball back, and then Farrell got the ball and then kicked it to the corner, um in it with a grabber, and then Arns was trying to collect it, and oh yeah, yes, it,
1: it, you see, he got into trouble there.
0: Yo, yeah, yeah, I, I remember he actually. Got
1: into- Big trouble. He was like, there were three players on him. I don't know how.
0: Yeah, like it could have prompted daily for an easy try. But yeah, the point I was going to make was England, though, I mean, obviously they lost a scrum penalty there, but England, and this was probably the reason why they lost ultimately, is that they didn't really look like they can score in more than multiples of three. Like ultimately, why South Africa won, especially in a game in the rain, was that they were able to make seven points and score seven points in one go instead of obviously having to chip in and have three and three and three and three. I mean, just mathematically, like that makes a big difference in the game. And England, like there were some opportunities that they had with like turnover ball that they won. And, you know, they had either an overlap and all that sort of stuff. And yes, it was raining. And yes, it was obviously not the best conditions and their attack hasn't been great. But I think that was the one fault in the game was that they weren't able to just go through hands or you know, put in an accurate cross kick or whatever the case was to take the opportunity in the game. And I think that's probably where they lose the game there for, um, for them because, you know, they there's, there's only so much they could have done with regards to the scrum penalties. Like Dan Cole could only play, Dan Cole, sorry, could have only played 55 odd minutes. And as Cook said, once Ox came on, like, you know, he conceded a scrum penalty and he was off. Um, they did as much as they could with like controlling the kicking game. And maybe they shouldn't have taken off um, Mitchell, but he was also making a few mistakes. And Saifka did turn back the, the momentum. But ultimately, I think what lost them the game was their inability to turn one of those three-pointers into a five- or seven-pointer. And that could have been the difference in winning the game. Because if, let's say, that scrum penalty doesn't happen and England has an opportunity to launch... Or if that line-out that Jamie George threw, um, I don't know, to the third tier of the stadium instead of throwing it to his line throw thrower actually happened and it was a rolling wall. I think there was also another line-out that he didn't throw straight that was like a few meters from the try line. Like, I think the, those are the three opportunities and three turning points in the game that England could have actually put the game to bed. And sort of like France last week, that was probably the the losing of the game for them. Cooks?
2: I think Nivol is... Always- my theory with the Springboks is you've got to be slightly brave. You've got to be able to sort of some, take a, a bit of a gamble as well. And I was thinking, man, like, if you've you got this bench where you want to up the tempo and um, you're looking at um, sort of like, okay, cool, these guys, Genji and um, Sinclair, more ball in hand, you've got Danny Keir on the bench. I was very surprised they didn't throw George Ford in at about, say, 68, 70 minutes and be like, listen, yep. yeah, okay, we've got a bit of momentum here. Let's try and see if we can try to get a, uh, a try. Because that game, you could tell, especially the second half, it was definitely a one-try game. And it was, it was pretty much whoever scores the tries, they're going to win this game. Because it, it, was, it wasn't a game where if you down 10-0, no, you're, you're, you're not going to go find two tries. It, it, it just didn't look like that, that sort of game. And so I, I, I was quite surprised they didn't sort of bring on a George Ford or a 12 minutes to go, give him more time. Because when he came on, I was like, you can't, play a certain way and then just switch to like an attacking game plan for the last for the last attack of the game like it's 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 it's. it's I, I know they're obviously desperate then but it's like i just felt like if you have george ford there was also, who has been playing well i was surprised maybe they didn't actually use that gamble 60 from 60, the last 15 minutes and go listen if we we still got Farrell on here we can move shift him to 12 we still got him, we still got him on here look for the three points but also flip our best chance to score a try is probably with George Ford on the field. Let's try and see if we can, because in the day, if they do try and score a, score a try and lose, hey, you can, you can sort of go, oh, you know what? the, the box of the better side. I think the only maybe slight regret England will have outfield like we should have found ourselves a way where we can at least find a way where we can structure at least one form of attack, at least one opportunity to score. and, and George Ford could have probably maybe been that that will spark in doing so
1: the thing is i don't think england were hunting a try because remember they they were in the lead up until three minutes to go so i for me i mean i agree with you i think ford i will when he came on i was like why are they bring on another kicker you know <laughs> because they didn't need one but for me i think england were just like cool anywhere anywhere in in like 50, 52 meters. We're gonna have a crack and try and, and try and extend the lead to four points, and then make in and make South Africa have to score a try to win it. That's what they banked on for me. And then it was too late with with what one minute to go, two minutes to go to bring on Ford to to do what you need to do. You're right. Like he he kind of needs to settle into the game and and all that. You can't really make a difference in one minute. So. Yeah, it would have been interesting if they'd brought him on earlier with that thought process of still to play as you were and maybe un- unlock if need be, but in my world, uh, I think they were just like we've done enough, like we 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 on top almost everywhere. Um, we just need the Springboks to make one mistake in the fifty meter radius and and we win the game.
0: I guess they were maybe going at least in that last minute for double drop goal options as well. So if there they could have gotten like. They just need another 10 meters. And I think they would have um, set up for a drop goal. Yeah. So it just, their carries were just ineffective and they couldn't really do anything. And Cooks, <laughs> your prophecy on Billy Vinipola came to <laughs> absolute <laughs> fruition.
2: <laughs> I'm tired of that guy, guys. Outstanding. I'm tired of big Billy against the Springboks. And England, and England even tried to be like, you know what? Dwayne's off now. So we should be safe. Billy's enemy is gone. So let's put him on now. Because Dwayne's off, and then he had another disaster class against the. He's first actually coughed it on breaks.
1: five meters out yeah. or 10 meters out. I was like,
2: oh, God, what is going on here? But also, it's funny with England, like like you said, uh, Sharky mentioned that, Vitaly um, mentioned the two drop call options. I've got this theory that England have been seeing this Yanni De Beer clip for so, since 99, over and over. They're like, you know what? <laughs> stuff it. We're actually going to start doing this thing now. Because we're sick and tired of this guy, sick and tired of seeing this clip every flipping World Cup time. like, we're going to become drop-goal <laughs> merchants now. That That's our new... That's who we are. Yes, Johnny got his moment, so we gave Johnny another four... Like We gave him three World Cups to, to bask in his moment. We won't go for any other drop-goals until 12 years later, so Johnny can live that area. But now it's like, okay, we're sick and tired of any two his drop-goals and being told, so this is what we're going to do now. We're going to flip and just bury sides with drop-goals. But, um, yeah, flip. Man, I still... I think it's... I mean, I still actually can't believe how good England were and the fact that... um like you said Tyler, they led literally until the last three minutes of the game and it's and it's it's one of those ones where with a box where we, we we just dig so deep i don't know how deep our wall is but i hope uh the construction workers are working overtime this week to find <laughs> more water there and and then they need to come they need like whoever's digging the, the walls for uh, for the spring box must come and must must must, must carry on working overtime because hey guys the the box ability to dig deep and find something and find resolve and find a way to keep winning these games. It shows how just how tight the squad is together and how, and, and 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 the and the belief they have in in their side. Because I mean, like, I just to sum it all up, I, I I still genuinely don't know how we won that game. It's it's it's, it's it it's it 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 doesn't make sense. I mean, even when I rewatched watched it, I was like, I'm watching it now without the emotion and just watching it home. How I'm like, how do we find a way to, to dig this, way, especially a week after doing it against France. And, and and having to do it in different ways, playing a different style. So no, it's 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 such a, a fitting testament. I know we've saying like, yeah, oh, we're a bit flat, but at the end of the day, I mean that's what you get from a high class side, high class coaching out outfit, and, and it shows that when when push comes to shove, Ezogs keep finding a way.
0: Yeah, look, I think first of all the belief that the springboks have in their uh method their plan like it's it's unrivaled like they absolutely fully believe in what they're doing which i guess is why you can sub off a player at 30 minutes and there maybe isn't too much of a an effect on like the player itself and the team because like you said sean we've seen this with even bongi Bonambi um four years back and I genuinely thought that this would like almost like break a player like that, and it it hasn't. And I'm sure, or it's possible that it'll be the same thing for Marnie, and he probably starts or possibly starts on Friday on Saturday. Um, you see it just also apparently the um um who who I can't remember who tweeted it, but they're saying that one of my Mapipi was at the um the 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 My um showing oh, of the game on Saturday. I read that too, and he keeps saying, you know the team's going to win, we're fine, we're going to win, we're going to win. I have no idea how he had the faith for that because obviously as we saw, that game just did not look like it was going the box way. And it's clear that they really have such a belief in how they're doing things. And it really reminds me of Real Madrid in the Champions League last year when they City absolutely outplayed them. Actually, there was many games that they were outplayed and they just seemed to find a way to win. Like, I think City had, like, a two-goal lead. It was, like, five minutes left. And Real Madrid somehow just scored two goals in five minutes to get into extra time. And it just felt like they were the team of destiny. And Argentina in the Football World Cup, with uh, when Messi won the World Cup, like, it just seemed like no matter what happens in whatever game and no matter what's the circumstances, they'll find a way to win. And this just seems like that's what the Springboks are on right now because... You know, France, I wouldn't say outplayed them, but France played close to a perfect game in terms of breaking up, breaking down the Springbok defense. And Springboks had about four or five chances and they scored in three of them. England did the perfect game to annoy, irritate and frustrate the Springboks. The Springboks had maybe one, they actually had probably like basically one real try scoring opportunity and they won. Like, I don't even want, like, my mind, talking about Saturday, my mind is saying the Springboks are tied. Like, there's no way they can do this again against the All Blacks. And obviously, we know the history with the All Blacks. But how do you stop a team of destiny? <laughs> I don't know how you do it. So it, it, you, you need to, like, almost factor in another 14 points or whatever for the Springboks to do all their bullshit to, like, <laughs> to, to turn games around at this stage.
2: And teller, I think also like I was thinking back today, yesterday, and today about the 2015 All Black run in terms of like their playoff run, like their ability against France they just blew them away. But like then against us, they just sort of managed the game and just sort of just chipped away, chipped away, chipped away. Didn't knew what they needed to do to win the game. Didn't have. Didn't, didn't need to put a, a attacking masterclass like against against France. Then against again against the Wallabies, playing a different sort of way and knowing that these oaks we can sort of we know we can get tries against these Oaks and they were able to put the Wallabies away that way. And I think the Springboks also, the ability to be able to assess conditions, assess teams and know, and know how to win these playoff games is, is absolutely incredible because you look at 2019 against Japan, we knew, taken with the gutter, we we're going to absolutely bully these Oaks against Wales, get ready to absolutely get into a tactical masterclass, a tactical battle found way against England in the final the ball around a little bit more, sort of caught England off guard, and 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 and, um, and 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 now this year again they're just finding ways, different ways to win playoff games, and it just shows just the belief and in their structures, and and it's the, and, and that's the one thing I'd love about the about this spring League. And you, mentions and it's so true is the absolute belief they have in themselves, is knowing how to win games, knowing how good they are, knowing this, and within all those players now I think which has been something that's been, I think, driving us crazy for the, those three years when when last three years we couldn't get out of a championship. We were a bit of because we were just trying to find that balance between our great defense and our attack was building. And now we, we, can, we can be in situations where we can go into a attacking game against the front side where we, where we need to score 30 points or we can, if needs be, in the rain, you're not playing well, we can just revert back to type A, kick well, defend well, Make sure I see is good, and now and he puts us in a good state. I think with the All Blacks as well, which is why this game on Saturday it's such a, such an interesting battle because the All Blacks against Ireland also showed that listen we can go we can go deep deep as well, and then we can also put teams away very quickly and in, in, in the game quickly against Argentina, and now that the All Blacks know they got also they can go different ways. So it's going to be exciting how each team approaches this weekend, but. No, but the Springboks, it's what they're able to do. That's what great sides do. And I think we'll look back on this run. It's going to be, I'm very excited to have the conversation next week if the Springboks win it about where we put this side in, 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 the, in the, like rank them all time. I think obviously they'll probably be second between 2015 All Blacks, which, and then, but um, in, terms of, in terms of runs and back-to-back runs, but it's, 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 it's going to be interesting to see where the side will rank in, in history.
0: Yeah, and I think that's kind of also the other side of the coin for the box is they can be so special for 20, 30 minutes to win a game, but you just like, do that for maybe 40, 50 minutes and be not so stressed. (laughs) Like then Sean isn't, you know, talking himself off an existential crisis. Cooks isn't, you know, going out drinking on Sunday just to like relax and all that sort of (laughs) stuff. Like the special how this team is special this team has always been special the team has a group of special players and great coaching staff and everything but sometimes <laughs> there's just like games like today i mean on saturday and they actually at least they won it but like there's games and moments where you're just like no man you're better than this man like you can play a lot better like which yeah does make the i guess it makes the ride a lot more interesting and frustrating sometimes but like yeah this team when when the team touches its potential it's untouchable like it's really hard to stop there's nothing you can do really to stop it but there's so many moments when you're just like hey man just do do what you're supposed to do here <laughs> and like we won't have like stress like there's so many things about like uh, i tweeted like my 23 for the for the final and people are saying you're yeah, on the but we need like pollard for example to finish games off like if we need if we have a tight penalty and i was like well What if we just play better and then we don't have to have a tight penalty to win a game at the end, you know? Like, yeah, but I guess that's the whole thing with like having the insurance policy of having like a great impact bench. And yeah, I mean, maybe teams are now going to turn to having their best players come off the bench and play 60 minutes at the end instead of playing 60 minutes at the start. Maybe that's the innovation that's about to happen. But yeah, like (sighs) this was a ride on Saturday. I think that's one thing for sure. Anyway, Sean, um, I think you wanted to make a a quick little point or quick little rant about the draw. Do you do you want to take this opportunity to do it now quickly? Well,
1: yes. <laughs> Everyone's moaning about the draw, but so this is my question to you guys. So, like, um, during the twenty nineteen World Cup, <clears throat> okay, we we missed out on how many games? Three games? Four games? Not sure because of the um the weather but during the 2019 world cup I worked out that there were roughly seven really good games roughly so give or take one or two so far in the 2023 world cup we've had between 12 and 15 now fair enough it's the world cup 2023 is right now so maybe I'm forgetting a little bit from 2019 and I totally get that the draw has made it what in people deem like lopsided but as if you have no skin in the game, you have had one of the best World Cups ever. There have been upsets. There have been great games every week. There's been an excellent game, and like, I just want to. It's yeah. I, so what? You're like, there were the only thing. Like I saw people moaning about um, the All Blacks destroying Argentina, and they're like, "Well, Team X and Y wouldn't have done that." Well, then Team X and Y should have actually worked harder to get into the semi-final. And they would have been had a chance to better that thumping that the All Blacks gave Argentina. But I mean, come on. Is, is this, is would everyone seriously rather not have these excellent games of rugby? I mean, this is like when people, like when Ireland go out and when teams go out, they're like, no, it's the draw, the draw shit. Like, I totally get that. But if you look at it, if you take a step back and you look at it, this has been one of the most exciting World Cups. And granted, it's got not, not necessarily the draw. But there are some. There are four. There were four teams in it that were within a chance of winning it comfortably, and you wouldn't have combated an Ireland about it. But I don't think it's so shit.
2: Sean, I'll tell you what's my my rant, um, and I promise it's not about the Dragons. Um, it's um, the fact that
1: <laughs> you see what you the did The whole to
2: week. No, 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 Sean. I'm, 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 I'm in the good books. But um, but um, the whole week, I was like, you're reading like, oh, it's going to be rugby's become boring because the All Blacks and the Springboks is the fifth time, I think it's the fifth straight final now where either one of the teams are featured and it's like, yo, it are be nice to see a, a new winner because of we're like France and Ireland will be the dream final. I'm like, you're not going to win a Rugby World Cup if, you, if you're if you France, Ireland, like Wales or someone who hasn't won it before. You have to go through either the Springboks or, 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 or the, the Springboks with All Blacks. Like, you have to do it. I can't say... I want Chelsea to win the Champions League and not play without playing Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern, Munich. Unfortunately, if you're on the outside, if you've never won it, you have to, you're gonna to have to knock out one of these sides. Like whether you play one of them in the semi, one in the final, you have to see one of these sides. And because of the powers of rugby, unfortunately, it's, a lot of people are, are saying, yeah, oh, but it's, it's good for the game. Just win. Like France and Ireland, you arguably two of your greatest sides in the World Cup. You had the perfect opportunity to do it. You didn't do it. Don't know. Blame rugby and be like, oh no, the game is we losing the game. Just win. Like you have to get through these teams. And yes, because the All Blacks and Springboks have gotten through you all these World Cup years and won World Cup. Hence why there's six, six in between the two because they know how to knock you guys out. They have the mental fortitude to knock, to win, uh, to win um, knockout games in the World Cup. But this whole thing about people going like, oh no, rugby needs a change. Rugby, right? we can't. Allow this to happen. We need like you are never gonna win a World Cup without having to go through the Springboks England or or, or the All Blacks. Unfortunately they're the power outs. You have to see them. You're gonna have to beat them. Yeah, you can be like, oh, we're gonna see them in the final. You're gonna have to get them <laughs> one of these teams. And it's, it, it it drives me it drives me crazy when when people have that vent. And I think it's something I think as fans like fans recently, like we're just in all sports, we just get bored of winning. Like we like we can't give we can't give this team. We can't give this team a uh, another trophy because oh, they've been winning for the last five years. Well, unfortunately, if you can't beat them, because you, you, you got to find a way to beat them. And I think sometimes as fans, we get we get bored with winning. Tell us, we watch NBA and like, American sports all the time. Is they just find ways to be like, no, he can't win MVP because oh, he's, he's part of the best team. He won it last year, so no, let's find a story to bring in someone else. But like, he's the best player. though. It's like you can't create narratives. Just like you gotta put the results in the field and that's why i'm like i i, I, I don't feel any, i feel bad for france i do Yo, you lost sorry it happened it's life try again in four years time that's what happens it's it's sports
1: and this is coming from the same people that are like we want to watch a world cup with the best players when depont was injured they're like no he's got to come back when malcolm marx was out they're like you you want to play against the best well that Same, it equates exactly the same when you when you're playing knockout games, buddy. But I'm not not making this about blaming teams and stuff. But from a neutral's point of view, I think we have had more exciting, more nail biting, and more brilliant games in this World Cup than ever before.
0: Yeah, you know what? And it was pretty poor from the Irish comment uh, Irish journalists, especially um, lamenting the lack of quality in the New Zealand Argentina game, like. Yeah, be better, man. Um, yeah, I think very <laughs> be quickly better. on the, no, man, because yeah, we get a Kisawa, but like, <laughs> no, look, I'm it you. is I what it is at this stage. Yeah, sure. but very quickly on the New Zealand Argentina game. I mean, yeah, Argentina had a bit of a they 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 came off hot. They started hot, and then New Zealand just smiled, patted them on the head, and then scored forty points on them, Sean yeah what scares you about New Zealand? Let's maybe ask it like this.
1: They barring Australia players more than any other side um there's a massive rivalry. They know how to win world cups. they probably the most important thing is they know how to unlock us, and we know that they know how to unlock us. I don't think we feel like that against any other team, so yeah, it's. It's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm pumped. And I think we're in for an absolute thriller.
0: Cooks, um, Will Jordan has only 17 tries until he signs for Racing. How do you feel about that?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's been a great
2: career, you know, because, um, and also, what I find interesting, I never knew that uh, Richie Mwanga was such a big uh, Julian Sevilla, Brian O'van, and John Lomu fan. Like, I didn't know that um, those were his heroes. Those are the yes, guys he. that he had on his, that, eh? on his wall. Because how on earth you do not post that i was like <laughs> you just watch score 80 meters to score a hat-trick and he's, he's a meter out and you don't like like at that stage you could even roll you could, you could even rolled it to um will jordan like find a way to score but um no I, I think um will jordan i think it's been great to see him um just just to see him to see him uh his all-black career i mean fantastic i think um rumor has it Doug, dougie howlett is uh gone to is, is, is on his way to france to sort of work his magic um So, um, I mean, all I'm saying is the last winger that was coming in hot, unbelievable form in a World Cup final, on Susie got hold of him. And then, um, yeah, US made made a few hits and uh, we managed to stop him. But yeah, flip and hell. I I still cannot believe Richie Morgan. Like this record record could have been signed, still delivered now. Will Jordan could have been doing his testimonials, walking around calling Habana a fraud. Telling, them, telling people Johnny Loma is not, <laughs> not as good as he think he was. Julian Survey is not the player that you guys think he was. That could have been Julian Will Jordan's whole week. <laughs> but now he's going to deal with the pressure of, like, I bet you every Will Jordan, he's going to, Will Jordan has to be in a press conference this weekend and he's going to get asked about the record. And he's going to be like, no, it's about the team. You know what I mean? Like, all those cliched answers. But um, <laughs> shame. So he's got about 17 tests left. Shame that with all occurs. Don't be surprised next year if he like he scores again and the next thing you know is, Yeah. Coming a star of racing Metro winning Heineken Cups.
0: <laughs> no, All Blacks were absolutely imperious in their attacking form, but yeah, Argentina didn't really give any line speed, no real intensity in the collision, and yeah, New Zealand were able to just run amok there. Mark talea with 14 defenders beaten. Argentina missed 50 tackles on Saturday, on Friday wow. night. 50?
2: 5-0? 5-0. 50? That is... <laughs> 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 what are we doing here, guys? <laughs> Fifty. If you,
0: if you miss actually, 50, no, like, sorry, cooks. Fifty-one.
2: <laughs> you can't miss fifty-one tackles in a tournament. Never mind a game. Like in eight weeks. Like, come on now. Never mind. I didn't, What things with Argentina? You know, they drive me crazy because when they bad, they are bad, 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 yeah. bad, bad, and it's. And and it is just <laughs> like what is going on, and it's like and you're like, what where is the team that was great that second half against Wales? Is? Like it just it just vanishes. But but in mentioning that, I thought the All Blacks, I thought the game, the All Blacks. They knew that they they had to start well, and Argin had that sustained pressure in the first carry, got the three points, and the All Blacks were absolutely clinical and they needed to be. And they were like at halftime at twenty-two-six when Frizell walked over, they could have basically just been like, hey guys. It's uh, no point for us going out in the second half. Let's just um, see you guys next week. You guys know injuries, yeah. We we're we safe. Let's just um, yeah, let's, let's just move on to next weekend. Scott
0: Barrett didn't even come back from his yellow card. And I think Scott Barrett got the yellow card so he can get extra rest. Like, and he had like I, <laughs> I think there's five minutes left, and they're just like, no, let's play with 14. We're
2: fine. I think Scott Barrett, I think Ian Foster was like, guys, we know Scott Barrett is due a yellow card soon. He's due some shithousery, then he, but let's let's get it out of his system now against Argentina. So then against the box is fully focused again. No one has one high hit away, shoulders or terrible clean or something away. Like he's been playing too well. So I think there was a call. Like, listen, guys, Scotty, you got this is your day to do it. Nothing, don't get a red card, but just give away something silly so it's out of your system so next week you can be focused.
0: Okay. I'll ask you guys both this question. Sean, the most important springbok player for this game against the all blacks is
1: peter steph detoy
2: i like that cooks oh that's tough um jesse krill for me
1: oh, oh cooks have i told one. you how much i love you
2: <laughs> <laughs> i think <gasps> jesse, jesse has to have a big one for us to win on the weekend
0: yeah i think that's that's quite accurate i will go Oof. I will go David Willemsa. I think mm. you need to, the back three needs to be as solid as possible. So they need to obviously improve on last week. We know what New Zealand can do with all their kicking options now and their kick chase is really good now. So yeah, Willemsa needs to have the kind of game that he did have at Twickenham um, in the illustrious Qatar Airways Cup. He's
1: had a flipping good World Cup, eh?
0: fantastic world cup he might be the fullback of the tournament and that's saying something with the likes of keenan and ramos playing um cooks the same question for the all blacks the most important player for the all blacks this weekend is
2: Shannon Brazil.
0: yeah like that one short aaron smith mm. that's a good one as well i mean yeah i mean ardy is a very obvious answer but i think i'll go ardy i think they go as far as he takes them he obviously likes playing against the Springboks and yeah, Cooks, uh, at the moment, Adi's probably leading the race for World Play of the Year. Win or lose?
1: Oh,
2: that's... It's such a... There's been so many, like, hot teams. They're like, Ireland was hot at the start of the year, and then it was probably Doris, and then Eben's, Eben's definitely put his hand up. I think Adi's Ardy, flipping been incredible since since the World Cup. So I think, yeah, he, he's probably leading the race. Um, yeah, Scott Barrett as well I mean Scott Barrett's been fun, fun, he's probably been the, the best all black all season in terms of just consistency but um, don't be surprised if um, you know if they resort to norm and just give it to Bottom Barrett if they're too and be like hey bud here's a potting gift to <laughs> when you in, when in doubt <laughs> yeah when, when he doubt, doubt. You just, just give it to Barrett like what do you need for your legacy to tie Carter he's got 3-1-3 here you go buddy here's a third one <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and then the
0: Sean the clash the individual like play clash you're looking forward to is
1: uh, mine was uh, going to be Rico Ioni versus um, Jesse Creel. Fair enough, I cooks. Think, I think that's going to be. Oh god! I think so. I'm sorry. I think that's going to be huge. Um, the reason why I'm looking towards it personally also is because <clears throat> I've been badmouthing Rico a lot about his inability to defend. Um, but his attack is outstanding and he's going up against one of the best defending 13s in the world who we've thought of have said that his attack isn't good enough um, but showed um, against uh, France and throughout the year that he's he's pretty decent on attack. So that's going to be an epic, epic little clash that and I think the first person that puts their foot slightly wrong is going to get dusted.
2: Sure. Cooks? I think, man, it's... Um, Sam Whitelock versus Arke name off the bench. I think Sam Whitelock might be on the bench again this weekend, and I think the lineout is going to be a massive, massive battle. And I think off the bench, I think the All Blacks have sort of found a little masterstroke in either being having, either being knowing that Scott Barrett Scott Barrett is probably in the, the the lock on form. So they've, they've sort of had Sam Whitelock on the bench and or, or, or Brody. And I think with, I think they'll probably have Sam again, and that battle between him and Archie is going to be absolutely unbelievable because the Arkes obviously that impetus he adds. And also Ark has such an incredible lineup. I think Sam Whitelock, you saw how well he how well he went off the bench against Ireland and um you got the match winning steal. So I think the lineouts are going to be a massive battle in the second half. And I think because you look at how oh, Ireland and France have targeted the Springbok lineers and 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 put them under massive, massive pressure. And I think it's an area where the all blacks will definitely focus on in terms of competing. And Sam Whitelock's one of the best um lineup jumpers and competitors in the world. Uh, so I think that battle for me off the bench the two reserve locks is going to be huge.
0: Brody Retalick versus Eben Ezebeth. Um I think Brody Retalick is, yeah, close to one of the most important players when you're playing against the Springboks. Um, I think his record against the Springboks is something like he's only lost, I think, three or four matches in the 20-odd matches he's played against them. Like And some of the losses that have happened recently to the Springboks, he wasn't playing in them. So, for example, in in August against the All Blacks in Twickenham, he wasn't there. So he seems to be there when the All Blacks are putting in their biggest performances. He's the perfect foil for Itzabeth. He's able to match the, the 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 physicality and the grunt that the Springboks will bring. And the All Blacks know that it will start up front if they want to beat the Springboks. So they can get parity in the collisions. If they can get, you know, the likes of Frazar on front football. If they can get parity with stopping the rolling mall, with Brody and Scott Barrett being important in that. Obviously, the scrum will be important, and I'm sure Brody's going to try to play as close to 80 minutes as possible with that as well. Yeah, he'll he'll be able to do the things. And Eben obviously didn't have the best performance. I think he's still carrying that injury from that uh, Scotland game. Um, he obviously looked a little bit worse for wear on, on, on the Saturday game, but he will obviously put in a big performance on Saturday.
2: Cooks? Tell so you, mention um Brody Retallick's right? record of, um, I mean, I mean the, number of, the little number of losses he's had against the Springboks. Like, how was that stat? What, I think was Bardon Barrett who got his hundredth win as, um, as, as as an All Black. Guys, there's about five or six guys who've got a hundred Test wins, not like, not, not Test caps. Wins, wins. <laughs> that is ridiculous. <laughs> like it is like the All Blacks have got. A, 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 a ray and a shit ton of amazing stats but that for me is like probably one of the greatest stats in in, in, in rugby to have like to have five or six guys who have had a hundred test wins like is ridiculous <laughs> there's countries of guys who, there's countries where guys have like three or four guys with 100 caps i think now you have, you have guys you have won a hundred times like don't come and tell me about you've played a hundred times i've won i've, I've won Some more team. games than yoshi played it's ridiculous.
1: Some test nations don't even have centurions in their ranks. But mm. when I when that came out, I saw that list as well, and I was like, I, I remember. I think Richie McCaw was the first one, but I distinctly remember Richie McCaw's hundredth win, and I, I can't remember if he was the first or not. But I think he was. But when I saw that stat, that list, um, <laughs> and I'm just sitting there going, "What I would give to get one cap for the Springboks. I don't care if we play." moldova i don't care like imagine being kept once for the springboks then imagine fulfilling that dream (laughs) and winning a hundred (laughs) times it's actually ridiculous so do you think do you think when the all blacks
2: get together for like the reunions and be like hey but how many wins you got 80 80 wins that's
1: cool, buddy they got a special table (laughs) table on the top of the of the stage the gold table (laughs) and you're not allowed to go in there you can vip access yeah, you can't you don't you don't come here with
2: 85 wins. What's wrong with you? You can't like <laughs> you, you've won you've won like 18 uh, Freedom Cups. Come on now. I've won I've got a hundred test wins. Don't come here with your just 70 test wins. Like it doesn't matter. <laughs> like like those the, those reunions must be so awkward when like what happens now, like when like, like especially like I always laugh at um when they have like the captain's dinner. Like remember the whole the whole Sia and Pronce Pinar and um Mm. And John Smith conversation. John like Smith. The, the all black SWAT is basically Richie McCoy and like um it was, it was David Cook and like so Richie, how did you feel in 2011 when you wanted to? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, looking stuff <laughs> in the mirror, like, you know, Richie, like what have you changed since since the last World Cup? Like, you know, like at least like in South Africa, we spread the wealth, like we have three different captains. Like, Richie's like, you know what, I'll just take two myself. Okay. <laughs> and, and also what happens then you see a win. Does Richie s- and Sia come together and be like, this is the the, the back-to-back? Um, this is the back to back crew. If you want, you've lived the trophy twice, the you said at this back table. Club. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just on that stat, so there's um, this rugby database, there's seven people now that have won 100 um, test wins McCall, White Clark, Mielamu, Reed, Woodcock, Bowden Barrett, and now Aaron Smith. In that top 12 that he posted, 11 of the top 12 are All Blacks. So Carter's there, Mar Nanu, Owen Frax, and Brody Ritalik. The only person from a non-New Zealand country is George Gregan, who played like 140 k- tests. And he has Did he have 100 wins? wins? No, he has Sorry, in the most wins. So he has 93 oh, I'm
1: out sorry. of 100. In, yeah. uh, oh, I wasn't listening. Yo, I love Gregan. Yeah, so
0: eh? 11 out of 12 people with the most wins ever are all Blacks, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, And even... So the next tweet, sorry, was um, about Ian Foster and his. He, had, he has now the third most wins by an all-black coach. <laughs> so Ian Foster, the fraud, has the fraud. 32 <laughs> or I guess now 33 wins out of 46. A 72% win record. That's it's the best fault. win record for a Springbok coach.
1: It's our fault, eh? I
0: it's mean Springboks. It spring box. was <laughs> a Springboks. <laughs> if you want
1: to blame anyone, <laughs> it's the Springboks. Yeah. Damn, Ellis Park it is it is
2: it is definitely it is definitely our fault i mean i know i said it last week but i'm still telling you that ian foster had the chirp of the tournament after the island game when they asked is this the most important win of your career and it's like i thought it was ellis park since there's all you guys gone about <laughs> <laughs> like you always remind me about ellis park i always hear about like hey you, like ian foster was just the best training like no not since ellis park nope nope no better session than one against ellis park it's I promise you he's going to win the World Cup and he'll be like, yeah, win the, if they win the World Cup, like, yeah, win the World Cup is great, but geez, at but this park, last year, that's the one. That's, that's, that's more important <laughs> than anything else. That's that's a victory I'm measured by.
0: Oh, my word. Guys, I think just to round up the pod, I mean, we have to talk about the quite serious allegation from Tom Curry um, alleging um, that Mogi um, Bonambi used a racial slur against him. Um, and that's been now investigate, was being investigated by World Rugby. So we'll hopefully hear what the results are pretty soon because obviously there's a lot of consequences for that. Just for context, I mean, the l- most similar incident that's happened recently is Joe Mahler using a slur against um, one of the Welsh players, Samson Lee, and he was banned for two matches. So yeah, there's obviously a serious consequence that could happen if this is true. Um... <laughs> To read a tweet that I just saw now, Sport has um, tweeted that Springbok fans say Mogi Mogi Munambi was speaking in Afrikaans amid alleged racist slur, and Google Translate shows that they may have a case. Um, <laughs> cooks, <laughs> this has been the wildest 24 hours for Google Translate, Afrikaans, the color white, um, <coughs> yeah ever <laughs> i don't even know what to even say about all of this
2: i know we've seen so many uh, thoughts of people being like no because side means the word that in afrikaans the word that um that bong used i mean it's just it's just one of those things and like i just love how like we, we, no one's got the audio like but we're assuming at that moment <laughs> Bongi was speaking Afrikaans. i'm like okay i get it but but then we go okay like there's no proof of allegations, but I know Bongi was talking in Afrikaans at that time. That I do know. I'm like, how do you <laughs> like I miss the days sometimes we just wait for the investigation? There's no proof. There's just there's no evidence. They just wait and see what happens. But um we've we've come to bat. We've had I've, we've had Afrikaans lessons and Afrikaans lessons this week. Just so I mean, like um in the last in the last few days, so I mean the last day of it. So I mean it's like, if list, you did know
1: yeah, there's been a list of things that would have think, said before. Would have said that word there, there was that that educational list
2: too no 100% i mean the the, sure. the the most confusing nation is probably australia they'll be like oh we that's what we call all the good <laughs> blokes here. i mean everyone we, like okay like I didn't know this was a <laughs> I didn't know this was an issue you can't say this word but um, there's <laughs> been some where like no one in south africa uses this word i'm like i don't know i feel like i hear it for <laughs> the yeah, when butcher I'm when, I'm when i'm back home but um, it's such a crazy 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 incident. And I mean, obviously, it's obviously it means it's very serious if the allegations are true. I mean, but I, I, that's why I'm like I haven't like say anything about. It. I'm like I'd rather just wait until the the investigation is done because that's how big the allegations. Are, instead of assuming what was said whilst I was watching TV and the Oaks were on the field and there's no certain comms, but but also, but Ben O'Keefe makes me laugh and it's like when when Tom Smith, I mean Tom Curry asked him, <laughs> he's like, "What must I do?" He's like, "Nothing." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> Hey, <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks, Trev. Thanks for the advice. <laughs> <laughs> but because my, I, I definitely because I think the loss in translation, the equipment loss in translation could have been because obviously Poyong was visibly upset and I was saying to shake hands after the game, and it could have been, I'm word or something. That, I mean, like I, I, I've sat on the side, I've sat on the side of the field of a Springbok game, and there's not like racial slurs, but. They're not speaking uh, in nice. like pleasantries being exchanged <laughs> on, the, on the rugby field. It's no pleasing. Thank you. It's, it's not as a great hit buddy. And by the way, are you how are you feeling? Have your wife good, family good. Um, yeah, just like um, like the, the reason why I think a lot of the stuff gets blurted out, or the mics gets turned off, so the, the general public can hear. Otherwise, rugby games would to be played like at ten o'clock when after after prime time and all the kids have gone to sleep.
1: Listen, cook, careful what you say, because Australia tried that. Australia put games at a time when no one was awake, and you hated it, eh? So be careful what you wish for.
2: And what do they get for that, Sean? Out of the World Cup. Now rugby is the 12th wow. Most, the rugby Arab, union's the twelfth most important sport after fencing, after after fly fishing. So that's what they get for it. Now, see what it happens: you do nonsense things, play silly games, win silly prizes.
0: I mean, Valiluru didn't run up all the way after that final whistle blew. To go and tell Owen Farrell, you know, you had a really good drop goal there, and I hope you have a really great career after this. Like, yeah, there's definitely there from some pleasantries that are
2: said. Oh, he yeah, ran all the way,
0: way from Strand. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, for the, 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 the that was ridiculous. Man. Oh, that was funny. He came so far away, and he's like, "I'm gonna, I have, I, I have to get my chirps in. I have to get it in now because." I need I need to tell him where the airport is. The same Enrico told 26 where the airport is. I need to help these Europeans know where the airport is.
0: Villy had 12 meters in that game. I think 10 of them were from that run. <laughs> I wow. definitely think he had like the most like and yeah, two carries. I think one of them was from that as well. Like, yeah, so we'll see what happens. I mean, that's obviously has gonna have big consequences of Bonambi's um out because Dion Fury arrives, sir. You're going to be playing as Cody Taylor for 80 minutes. And Marco van Staden, you should practice your throwing this week. I mean, nothing will be as bad. I mean, I thought Dion Ferry, Marco van could be dodgy throwers. Nothing could be as bad as Jamie George's throw. So at least they won't have the worst throw in the World Cup. Like, this, the Springboks have been so lucky. They've had the worst touch find I've seen in a in, in, in game and the worst lineup throw I've seen in a game in the last two games. So I don't know
2: what the All Blacks will do this week. They'll find a way, Tyler. They'll find a way. But Tyler, before you wrap, I need to say something, because obviously URC has started. Um, can the Irish players please report back to the to the office, please? Like the World Cup's done now. You're in the oh, quarterfinals. You, <laughs> you deserve. You deserve. Like can you like can you go back to your clubs, please? Now there's Mac Hansen having a beer at the stadium as if he's coming back from a, a trophy tour. Can they exactly as well? Can these guys report back to work, please? Like Lance's resting players, like, hey, you 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 only gone for six weeks, buddy? Like, can we We've got and a competition Scotland, here to play in.
1: Scotland have been flogging their test
2: players as well. Yeah, they came. I mean, didn't I mean, Furnas Russell played a week after they got knocked out. That's the sort of energy the Irish sides <laughs> need to do. They can't. I don't want to hear anything about, no, we need to rest, guys, because you're building. We tried that. It didn't work. So can all the Irish players please report back to work today? You're playing on Saturday. So there's a whole new competition started, URC. Don't worry about the World Cup final. You must worry about your, your, your Celtic derbies and things like that. So please, guys, we I have to report to work on Monday after park games. So can they at least, uh, <laughs> Piro all those guys, please, guys, can you go back to work, please? Like we have a competition here to play.
0: Leinster have lost their last three games in a row and they've lost four They lost six. I think Leinster are in crisis right now. Let's end the podcast on that note. Good luck to Jacques Ninobe and trying to yeah, fix that broken club.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jacques was coming own... in
2: like Big Sam Allardyce. He's having, he's having his own documentary, Chasing the Guinness. Like that's going to be his one. Like he's like, I can even take jobs if I've got to rebuild. <laughs> that's his dandy.
0: Leicester's, Leicester's literally 15th in the URC right now. Like Jacques Ninobe has the perfect agenda now to push. Like yo, if he gets them back to top, he's going to be like, you see, you see now. And they said Russie, I'm part puppet. You see now. So, yeah.
2: so do you think do you think Jogging was working on Monday? So like guess gonna win the World Cup on Saturday and then percent oh, take, the take the team meeting on Monday. Like listen, boys, um, enjoy the tour, the parade tour. Let me know if you're coming past. Um, if you're coming past Dublin, um, let me know. I can hop on there. But like, okay, I'm, I'm 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 playing against the Dragons on Saturday, so I kind of I kind of have to go to work. <laughs>
0: Johnny Sexton's going to call that man from from his trophy celebration and say, hey, you have a job to do here. Don't even try that stuff with us. No. So Leicester's at the bottom. Sasha Zulu has scored the most ridiculous try you're going to ever see. Like, ridiculous football skills from Sasha. Like, Lions are having people propose to them at Ellis Park. Like, yeah, the RC is fully back now. Sean, did you see that proposal?
1: I did. I, saw, uh, I only saw the proposal because I saw all of the abuse that that couple got <laughs> afterwards about like it's the only win the lines have ever had um like you know the states of lines rugby when you're proposing and you're busy getting thumped on the scoreboard Uh oh, i don't know he do you know what? what you but pretty cool
2: an ab- that guy's an absolute genius because i'm telling you what happened he got to friday and he was like mate asked him hey like johan were you watching the game on saturday we planned yeah and he's like oh crap yeah and- i did not <laughs> make plans with the misses. And now she's booked me to go to all these places. We're going to watch with the in-law. The only way I can get out of this is to propose. Because then if I propose, like we have to go celebrate with the friends now. Let's go celebrate. Like we've got to go out to our friends and celebrate us having the ring. And it just happens the box are playing a little bit later. So um, it's I think it was a tactical masterclass for that guy. knew he had to pull something out. He had to pull something out. And he's like, you know what? Let me propose here at uh, Ellis Park. <laughs> yeah. <You're on. laughs> no, you all see... You know what? I fought it, but your uh, is
0: definitely best
1: league. Best league. <laughs> if you're like Gomezulu, his try was flipping outstanding. But what I will say is Cameron Wright also set up probably one of what could be in the top 10 tries of the tournament as well. I don't know if you saw it, but the Sharks turned the ball over. I think Munster were attacking in their 22. Cameron Wright gets the ball out on the left, has put in a whacking kick, and it's trickled out in the 22. He's raced up. Got the ball, quick throw and sharks score. Pretty good. Oh, I need to see it. Okay, so I have some highlights to, ha- to
0: catch up to. Scarletts were terrible and Loftus on Saturday. So yeah, lots
1: of things uh, to catch up there's on. A new, but... There's a new Loftus fanboy with, uh, with the Bulls number eight, Hanukom, Cameron Hanakorm. Is that his name? Mm. Yes. I can't remember. His, he was flipping cooking. Another big lad. Apparently, he's quali- he qualifies for Wales. <laughs> um with like he must qualify that. for us first.
0: <laughs> Wales, if 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 there's anything Wales would like is another loose forward to add to the thousands of loose forwards that they have in that country. Like to be fair, they need t- an eight. T- t-
1: eh?
0: <laughs> oh shame, yeah. But it sounds like play forever. forever. Yeah, <laughs> they can try. Yeah, but I think let's end it there now. <laughs> A bit of URC, but mostly Warby World Cup. And thank you so much, and gentlemen, for listening to the Rugby Biz Podcast. We're going to try to record a few podcasts during the week in preview for the big final happening on, on Saturday as well. And guys, we also have to talk about the third and fourth place playoff, I'm sure. like Cooks, I need to hear all your analysis on yeah, whether Bevan Rod is going to be able to take England to the promised land of the bronze <laughs> medal.
2: No, it's, it's, it's going to be the game. Of the, it's going to be a game in the World Cup. I mean, because they f- the first game against England, Argentina was an absolute stinker. So now they, they can't play any worse than the first one. So, so um, <laughs> Bevan getting ready? Um, I'm sure it will be the Nicolas Sanchez and Augustin Creevy farewell 3.0. Um, so <laughs> it should be a good game out.
0: Yeah, but thank you so much for listening. Please follow us on our social media channels. Please. Um, follow us on all your podcast platforms as well and like and share the podcast so we can get uh, this podcast around the rugby world and yeah we will see you in the rest of the week
2: cheers guys